Whatever I just said, I am here this week with my co-host Bill McCarthy. Bill, do I say your last name right? You do. And my other co-host Brian Har. They are going to be the new co-hosts of the Super Flexible Show, um, along with other guys you've heard mentioned. You'll hear them again. Second time recording this with the record button tonight, so we're gonna skip out on the introductions and just get it moving. I am super excited to be doing this show with you guys, though. Last intro that you guys didn't get to hear was way cooler. <laughs> um, so we're not going to tell you more. I almost told them the whole story, but we definitely weren't sitting here talking for 50 minutes without pressing record. <laughs> definitely not. No. Nope. <laughs> that was not part of it. Um, so anyway, we started off, we're going to do some news and notes. We're going to get to Michael Thomas super quick, and then we're going to do a public nervous announcement or two, and then some studs versus duds. Um, so start with that Michael Thomas high ankle sprain. Um, do you guys want to play paper, rock, scissors to see who goes first? Brian. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, Michael Thomas high ankle sprain sucks big. <laughs> sucks big. <laughs> Just sucks, man. <laughs> Out I for mean, a few Ma- weeks. Michael freaking Thomas, first game, three catches, 17 yards, and a twisted ankle. And he's out for, yeah, a, a number of weeks. Just totally blows. Um, I mean, what do you say, right? I mean, this is a, a guy that's the, the anchor of, of your roster, if you have yeah, him rostered. Yeah. And now you're not going to be able to count on him uh, for production for – a quarter or more of the season it's mm-hmm. this is a big a big injury this is about as big as it gets in fantasy football that you know from an injury that isn't season ending yeah um it, it just stinks you, you know you've and you either and got it, a lot of draft capital wrapped up or you yep. you paid like two or three players to acquire him on your team yep yeah and then as far as you know what happens to the saints offense i mean i think as 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 much as this pisses me off, I, I think it's Taysom Hill uh, season again, which is ridiculous because he takes he takes touches away from Michael Thomas, from Drew Brees, from Alvin Kamara, from all of these electric weapons they have in this offense. Taysom freaking Hill takes touches away from all of them, and it drives me insane on Sundays. Mm, but I, I like that that mention. I, I'm agree with you on the frustration side of it, but I, I like where you went with that. I don't yeah, hate I, it at all. Nice little uh, player that you can kind of stash in your super flex leagues for those bye weeks and and get him into multiple positions there. Um, Bill, where are you at with that? Yeah, I mean it's tough if like if you're in redraft or something and now is your first round pick. You know what I mean? You're like so behind the eight ball already, and you've already you just started and you're already hoping that you can find a a wide receiver that's going to cover for him at least for those four weeks, which, I mean, at least wide receivers are deep, so it shouldn't be that hard. But, I mean, you're obviously not getting the targets that he was getting. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, as for the team, I think, like, Jared Cook would be an interesting guy to maybe add a little value just because they kind of play in the same part of the field. Um, But, 
Man, like, I don't know. I, Taysom Hill, yeah, that's interesting. I I would have never We didn't even talk about that, that on the last him. show we didn't do. What's that? We didn't even talk about that on the last show we didn't do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that's like, I don't know how to react to this. So, <laughs> um, no, but, like, I mean, that's actually an interesting point. So, I mean, he very well could get, you know, flung out there a little bit more. And um, so... Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, but I mean, there's just nobody that's going to replace like what Michael Thomas does. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think they're gonna, you're gonna may- maybe see them run a little bit more. Um, maybe they move Emmanuel Sanders more into the slot. That'll help him out or them out a little bit. But um, yeah, I don't know if I'm really touching it. You know, going out to get anybody mm-hmm. reacting to the situation. But then um, we also mentioned maybe trying to buy Michael Thomas slow and some of the pieces you could maybe throw at that owner for him. Like you could throw the DJ Moore trade out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe try it straight up. Maybe add a second. Um, I feel like all of us were sort of on board like offering Tyreek Hill for Michael Thomas. I mean, you might even be able to toy with that one a little bit and throw another player in with your Tyreek side and see if you can pull something else back with Michael Thomas as well. Just um, some some buy low opportunities to take advantage of. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think of the other players we kind of mentioned really quick to try to buy and sell right now. But Michael Thomas will be okay, though. Yeah, but I, I think that right now I think I just want to go out and try to buy a couple shares of Michael Thomas. Um, so let's let's move on to these couple quick questions we had real right here, right here. I can't even talk now. Um, so from dynasty sweat, this was rest of season. Do you want James Robinson, Malcolm Brown, or Benny Snell? Um, does, who wants to take this? Let's just give this to bill in a nutshell, kind of, uh, how we talked about it. And if, if Brian and I don't like it, we're just going to totally attack you. (laughs) Perfect. So we kind of were discussing like, okay, the, the first one that we rule out is Malcolm Brown, just because, Long term, you know, we think Acres is probably going to take over, um, and then Jarrell Henderson's also going to be coming back from injury, so it's just going to make it kind of a, uh, you know, just a mix of all three of them. So we're not really going to see much upside with him, you know, and we won't be able to predict it at least. So James Robinson, I mean, you know, he may or may not be the uh, the RB for the the season. Uh, there's a couple other guys coming back that may, you know, eat into his role a little bit. Swags thinks uh, maybe not really, uh, but we all kind mm-hmm. of lean towards uh, Benny Snell as a whole. Um, at least two and a half out of three of us did, um, just because he has the opportunity right now. It's probably the best offense. It's probably the best running, you know, rushing offense. So. Um, you know, he could, he probably has the most opportunity for long-term uh, value. Yeah. Yeah. So one, and, so one thing, so one thing I didn't mention the last time we talked about this or sir, or maybe didn't talk about this um, with, with, in regards to Benny Snell is the Steelers did have two offensive linemen go down to injury. Zach Banner, um, one of the tackles went out with an ACL for the year hmm. and Stefan was new ski. Uh, a guard has a pectoral injury. I did not see the length of time mm. on that one, but so just just monitor that with the Benny Snell stuff. Yeah, and then I mean to go back to James Robinson really quick. Brian um, mentioned his stats a little bit earlier before we were recording, and 
I mean, so he had 16 carries, 62 yards. Then he had one reception for another 28 yards. And he got, so he got 17 touches for just 10 yards short of 100 yards in his first game of the season. And I don't know. I'm, I like James Robinson more the second time we're talking about him. <laughs> um, so, Brian, you're our Steelers guy. Um, how much do you think that offensive line is going to affect Benny Snell, like, or or whoever's starting there? Do you think that? It, yeah. So, so the good news is. Uh, David DeCastro is going to be returning to the lineup. Hopefully he's dealing with a knee injury that kept him out week one. Um, I anticipate that he'll be returning at some point. I don't know if it'll be this week against Denver, but uh, within the next couple of weeks, I think DeCastro will be back out there and we're talking about an all pro player. So in, in DeCastro. So, I mean, that will certainly help even with the losses of Banner and, and Wisniewski. Um, so, you know, I it it's just something to monitor, uh, but but I'm not overly concerned yet. Um, you know, the the best news for every player in that offense is that Ben Roethlisberger played a full game last night. He threw the ball, I think, twenty some times, and looked. You know, early in the game he looked rusty, but he looked he he, he looked kind of like himself. And I think that's good for everybody in that offense, including the running game, which really had it going on last night with with Benny Snell back in the backfield. Yep. So, so you're still saying Benny Snell? I feel like you're the strongest on James Robinson, and I like him a lot, Brian. But I feel like you're kind of—I mean, you made some great points about him. Yeah, I think the thing with Robinson for me is just that he, the opportunities there. I mean, they they felt comfortable enough with him. I mean, he's an undrafted rookie free agent, and mm-hmm. he's handed the starting running back job. And he had the job before the other two guys were injured, too. Yeah. I mean, if, if you followed along with the Jags beat writers and yeah. the stuff coming out of camp, it was his job. He was winning the job. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I think, yes, certainly when those guys get back, they can mix in and spell him some. So maybe the workload comes down a few touches, but um, – you know, and yes, we have to worry a little bit about game script with the Jags if they're behind in most games. Is he the one out there as in the receiving running back role? Maybe not. Um, but I do think he's going to have a steady role running the football in this offense, and I think they want to run the ball in this offense. So um, I, I do like James Robinson. I think he's got a chance to, you know, be a, a solid fantasy producer in a lot of weeks. I mean, he's not going to go out there and win you a, a, a week on his own, most likely, but. I think he has the ability to be a very solid contributor all year. Yeah. And to your point, like you shouldn't be completely dependent on any of these three players right now. So Malcolm Brown, like Bill said, is the one we all kind of pushed aside just because we don't know how that opportunity is going to shake out throughout the whole season. I think you should try to buy Cam Akers a little bit low in your dynasty leagues right now and just, just throw some offers out there. A lot of overreactions and panicking owners, you might be able to, get a deal done um i think i'm still gonna lean the benny snell side but it's really close like i'd be happy with james robinson or snell on either of my teams but i think i just go back to my imagined narrative of how they end the season and connor not being there and snell being utilized in that steelers backfield that we've kind of come to love and know that they can just kind of put anybody in that position to succeed so I think I'm gonna go Snell. Yeah, still, it, it's a tough one though. So, 
Snell, yeah, or James Robinson. Snell, yeah! Yep. There it is. Um, so the next one is from Don Mega. Who do you prefer in Dynasty, Kenny Galladay or Allen Robinson? Brian, I will just kind of give this one to you and, and let you take it kind of like uh, Bill did that one for the most part. And uh, I think in our, our, our end game was something close to just, we like these players both a lot. You can't go wrong. So it's hard to kind of choose from these guys. Yeah, so so I, I I mean we 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 all like both of these players quite a bit. The arguments made uh, when we discussed this earlier were, uh, you know, Allen Robinson has the experience, right? He's been in the league uh, a few years longer. He's put up fantastic numbers in the league in multiple seasons with crap at quarterback. Um, so. You know, it, it, he's he's a little more proven than Kenny Galladay. Having said that, Kenny Galladay plays with a better quarterback in in Matthew Stafford, and he led the league in in receiving touchdowns last year. So, um, you know, it's it's very close. They're both around the same age. Um, I think they're within uh, a few months of each other. I don't know. I didn't check that, but I think they are relatively close um, in age and. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, if if uh, you know, we, I, again, I think we're we're pretty we're pretty bullish on both of these guys. I mean, we we like both these guys quite a bit. Um, I think Bill leaned Allen Robinson a little bit. I said Kenny Galladay slightly because of the quarterback situation, and then uh, Swags. I don't I remember. I think yeah, you didn't want to piss one of us off, basically. <laughs> Yeah, basically, I I ended up uh, I didn't like this comparison because I I really like both these players a lot, and I ended up kind of playing the value game that I I'm not even a huge fan of, and just kind of with everything that's going on with Allen Robinson versus Kenny Galladay, I feel like Kenny Galladay will be easier to get out of at this point, and that was my deciding factor, which is kind of weak, but that that is where I went. So I I, I don't know. I'm still wishy washy on it. And then the other one, the last one before we get into studs versus studs was um, Nicholas Chubb, Sir Nicholas Chubb. Are you buying or selling or holding? And and I think we all kind of came to the conclusion that you were holding for the most part. I think this might have been where um, I, I interrupted you, Bill, around the Nick Chubb area. But are you worried about Hunt? Yeah, I mean, definitely Hunt concerns me. But, I mean, how many... You know, running backs are bell cows where there's only one back getting all the carries. So, I mean, they seem to be able to, you know, coincide. So, uh, I mean, the ceiling's obviously going to be, you know, lowered a little bit for him with Hunt. But, I mean, if it wasn't going to be Hunt next year, it was going to be somebody else, right? So, like, I'm, I'm okay. And I think that, I think buying him right now is, um, you know, of the two, buy or sell, I mean, buying is the direction I would head. But I'm holding. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. So so am I. Um, I, I mean, I, I would lean more towards the buy side. Um, you know, I'm, I've been trying to acquire Nick Chubb um, and, and capitalize on the Kareem Hunt wave of emotion that people are on right now, um, which was confirmed by, by carries in this particular game as well i mean hunt sure. out, out uh he out carried um chubb 13 to 10 i believe running the football now the thing to remember though there, there's a couple things that are important to remember one is game script cleveland was out of this game about five minutes into it 
you know, Baltimore was was just a steamrolling freight train coming down the tracks. So game script had a lot to do with this game, uh, in 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 my opinion. I mean, Kareem Hunt was out there a lot more because he's you know he's he's when they're playing from behind and they're throwing the football, he's going to be the back that is out there. Um, <clears throat> so that's one thing. And the second thing I'd say is Kevin Stefanski. I mean. I can't imagine that he loves the idea of Baker Mayfield throwing the ball 39 times in a game and his running backs only running it 23 times. I mean, that goes against everything that Kevin Stefanski did in in his previous jobs. So, you know, I, I think that Cleveland will emphasize the running game, and I think that you'll see the games that Cleveland wins are going to be the games where they can run the football effectively. Uh, and aren't playing from behind so much. Um, so it, it does worry me a little bit. I mean, Baker Mayfield worries me, period. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that's a concern for either Hunt or or Chubb, um, you know, facing stacked boxes and, and, uh, and, and, and teams trying to take the running game away and make Baker Mayfield beat them because Baker's a gunslinger and he makes mistakes and he proves it over and over again. So, um, you know, I think, I, I, I think Stefanski wants to run the ball and I think that's what's best for the Browns offense too. So it wouldn't, you know, th- this week was kind of a one, off, uh, maybe not a one off, but it was a, a unique week in the sense that Baltimore just, they just steamrolled Cleveland. Cleveland was playing catch up all game and hunt was out there because of it. So, I'm not overly concerned about Nick Chubb, and if people will sell him to you a little bit lower um, for for a little bit lower price, and go get him. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you absolutely. Um, and even like you mentioned, they played the Ravens. I, I don't know. Yeah, I think people are absolutely low on Chubb. The overreaction. The even like you mentioned earlier about Barkley and people having absurd offers out there for Barkley and possibly getting accepted. It's just it's crazy um man we miss so much now because michael thomas Devontae adams we had that deandre hopkins talk (laughs) um but we're moving along (laughs) people are never gonna know what we talked about we'll know so yeah we will know we'll tell you all short spurts so public service announcements I'm curious to see. You guys both said you had a couple few players um, listed. So let's uh, go to Brian. Get your first public nervous announcement. Beep, 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 beep. Public nervous announcement. Sorry, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, it's just, it just happens. I don't know how or why. It just it's amazing. <laughs> um, so public nervous announcement, numero uno. Swags, you're going to love this one. Um, I am worried about James Conner. Mm. And not because he's injured. Uh, I mean, certainly because he's injured uh, and he's always injured. I'm concerned. But James Conner did not look good last night against the Giants at all. And mm-hmm. when you take, take into account what Benny Snell did on the field after James Conner went out, yeah. um, I'm concerned. I'm very concerned. You know, I thought that James Conner, and and I think he was going to get every opportunity to succeed in this offense. I mean, he had several touches on the first two drives. Um, you know, and and then and then he gets hurt, which is the same story that has been. And, and it's not, you know, it, it's not his fault. It, it just is is poop luck. He can't stay healthy. 
Uh, and and it's you know it's opening the door for Benny Snell to take the job from him. I think if if Connor is healthy and he performs, then he keeps the job easily. But he's he did not look good uh, in in the limited time that he was out there last night. Um, we'll have to see if he if he is healthy and gets back into that rotation what that looks like. Um, but it better look a lot better. He's not going to be he's not going to be in that role. It's, it's going to, it's going to be Benny Snell, I think. And, um, you know, and, and, and the Steelers, I, you know, I think his time with Pittsburgh, unless he signs a very team friend, a very team friendly deal. Uh, I think his time in Pittsburgh is probably over after this season. So, um, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous about James Conner. And then the other, there, there's two other guys that I'm nervous about, and I'm going to kind of lump them together. Okay. Um, and, and it's the quarterbacks in the Tampa, and the New Orleans game from Sunday. Um, I watched quite a bit of that game. Uh, not the entire thing, but a good three and a half quarters, I would say. And I don't think either of those quarterbacks, Tom Brady or Drew Brees, looked very good. Drew Brees in particular, to me, looked old, really old. And I've never seen that from him before, personally. Um, I, I just I, – every pass he threw was – you know, I mean, he's 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 very accurate. He wasn't as accurate Sunday as he normally is, and literally every pass was within six yards along the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. You can't win football games throwing the ball six yards down the field. I just don't believe that's possible. You know, even even Tom Brady. I mean, when he when he dink and dunk down the field in New England at times, it was mixed in with intermediate throws and long throws, and you know, and and. I did not see hardly any of that from Drew Brees on Sunday, and it concerns me. And then Brady, I guess I'm not quite as concerned with Brady as I am with Brees, but Tom made some decisions on Sunday that weren't Tom Brady-like uh, in, in in terms of some tight windows, and, and, and the ball wasn't where it needed to be in those windows. Um you know, I, the, the the weaponry in that offense is better than any any weapons that he's had in his entire career, with the exception of Randy Moss. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Gronk is not the same Gronk that he was in New England, but he's still Gronk. He's there. Um, and then those two wide receivers on the outside, I mean, they're they're studs, both of them. So yeah. I, I, I'm, you know, the lack of production from that unit on on Sunday was – I mean, the Saints have a pretty good defense, but it's not like all world, I don't think. So, you know, I'm, I'm a little concerned about the aging quarterback in the league, the yeah. aging quarterbacks in the league. Um, I'm, I'm a little nervous. Hmm. What about uh, Aaron Rodgers? Do, do you think not, that not so nervous about Aaron Rodgers, but he's I aging. Mean, he's 37. It, he, he, he he is. But I saw Aaron Rodgers put. But there were Absolutely. multiple throws yep. that were literally exactly where they had to be, I and completely not agree. Not seven yards down the field, thirty-five yards down the field. I mean, he threw a couple of those touches. The the one to uh, Valdez Scantling in the end zone was like that's the only place he can possibly put that ball. Um, and and it it was it was an outstanding throw. He threw one to Adams that was that way too. I mean, just. Aaron Rodgers looked like vintage Aaron Rodgers on Sunday. I don't know if he can maintain that, but if he does, John Hogue, our boy, yep. John Hogue, is going to take the biggest victory lap. And right, <laughs> and 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 let me say these words, rightfully so, if he maintains it, yep. because Rodgers to me looked yes looked on Sunday 
like he looked in the prime of his career. He was outstanding. And Hogan's going to hate me for saying this, but I mean, everything else you just said about like Brady and Breeze, and then the opportunity that Aaron Rodgers just gave us to try to move him, it it it's not going to be there forever. And it, it's going to be another, and I know that we win with production, not value, but it's going to be another off season of now he's 38. They're going to have other scenarios. Um, Aaron Rodgers could play his self into a situation where we don't ever mention Jordan love again. So, I mean, I think that that's completely feasible as well, but in the couple leagues where I have Aaron Rodgers and I feel like I have enough quarterback depth or could make some moves, I feel like an opportunity has been presented to us. And I, I don't know, I know it's not all about that and taking advantage of those opportunities, but when stocks are up, I, I kind of want to see if I can split them or do something else with them or, I don't know, man. I'm very torn on this one because I'm, I'm, I'm not with John on this, but I'm also not like the guy that's just like done with Aaron Rodgers either. But then when you hear how everybody else has been and then you know that the window to capitalize on trading him away for something is closing, I want to get out before I go bankrupt. And I, I don't feel like just because of week one here, I don't feel like he has had this much value in a while. And, and that's the only reasons I want to do it. And it, it's so tough, though. But I think that if I could get a good return on Aaron Rodgers... I would be okay with it. I'm trying to think of what that return would be or what people would actually give me because I don't want Baker Mayfield. Okay, um, so I was just going to ask you that. So, okay, so let me ask you, so let me add to that. Uh, in a tight end premium, Baker and Mike Gesicki. Um, I'd lean Aaron Rodgers. Baker, yeah, I, I think that the Baker Mayfield owners need to sit tight, wait for a good game or two to happen in a row, and you need to get out. I, I think that, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of done with Baker, but I don't think you sell him this week. You're not selling low. You're kind of holding for a few weeks. There's going to be better days in the roller coaster that he could have this season. But, I mean, shit, today Hogue mentioned maybe Case Keenum taking Baker's job. I don't know if it goes that far, but Baker doesn't look good. He's got weapons around him. He They should make him look good, and he's making them all look bad. Yeah, I agree. So I don't want Baker, and that, and that's why it gets tough because you want to try to think about what's actually something people might do for these trades. But man, Gasecki's just not enough on top of Herbert. So maybe you're proving my my sell my sell high wrong because that that kind of should be enough. But it's just a tough one, man. It's just a tough one with that age thing. And eventually, I mean, we see it happen to all of our favorite quarterbacks. Eventually their arms just start to give out a little bit. And you're right. Like Drew Brees hasn't changed systems or anything. He shouldn't be having these issues. He's had like Brady gets a little bit of an excuse and first time in 20 years in a new offense. Um, I'm sure he's still kind of doing his own things out there, but he is in a new system, whereas Breeze isn't. You know, eventually it just kind of slowly falls off. I don't think right. once you get through the rest of this season, you can move Aaron Rodgers like you can today. So, but but again, like we said earlier, you know, it's week one. Every team should feel kind of like they're in contention right now. So to make moves to throw it away kind of 
is ridiculous to me this time of year as well. So I think you wishy washed and kind of talked me into the idea that he's probably not a, a sell, which, which is pretty tough to do. I'm stubborn. <laughs> I think he's a sell. Oh, why didn't you come in before I walked the plank, Bill? <laughs> Bill, Bill, Bill came up on that damn thing, pushed you right into the water, bro. <laughs> then he's like, you're not selling him. I am. No, nah, I mean, I, I just feel like it's okay to make that decision to get out of the player knowing that you're going to give up some points. And, you know, sometimes you just have to make those decisions. And... Or you're just left holding the bag, right? And that that's kind of yeah. how I feel like that you're going to end up with Rodgers. Um, by the, you know, at the end of the year, you might still feel okay, but it's not going to be much longer. You're always going to be wonder wondering when, you know, when the when the ball drops or. Would you whatever. take the Baker deal deal that Brian just offered me? Well, no, because I am arguably one of the biggest Baker haters out there. So Stafford like, and Gasecki. I mean, I would do that, no question. That wouldn't even be a a decision because I I would take Stafford straight up. What about what about you, Brian? Uh, it's that's close. That's close. I mean, I'm buying five years is the way I I say it. So yeah, um, yeah. I I mean, so I will. I mean, Matt Stafford is criminally underrated. Yep. In 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 fantasy for sure. Even in NFL terms, like, I mean, talk about not supporting a guy. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's just been, I mean, he, he obviously Calvin, right? And I think they they could have, uh, they should have. Uh, guys, I'm really sorry. You you guys are both uh, Lions guys, and I, I'm very I sorry. I thought you were going to say I, you weren't recording or something. No, I love, I love. you. Wait, I'm not recording. Wait, what? <laughs> Again? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, but. Yeah, I mean, I Stafford and, and Calvin should have been able to to do something, but but um, you know Stafford is just he's just undervalued. He's a very good quarterback. I I, I absolutely believe that, and if for fantasy purposes, even more so. So, um, yeah, I would say if I thought I was a championship like like a real championship contender, like not a playoffs and if everything goes right, but like if I'm one of the favorites. Um, I might stick with Rodgers based on the way he looked, but I wouldn't fault anyone for getting out in that type of deal, uh, thinking that Rodgers probably can't sustain that for a full, uh, for another full season. Um, John's going to kill me for that, <laughs> but, but, um, you know, I, it wouldn't, it wouldn't bother me either way. I mean, I, I could, I could make that argument. I think either way, that's really close to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, man, I think I'd do the Stafford deal too, and I might even kind of lean with Bill to the point where I might just do it straight up. It, and there's the homerism in there as well, but I think but there's value in that. Absolutely. I mean, regardless of oh, what yeah. anybody wants That's to say, m- yeah, you know, yeah, for sure, dude. It's more fun to own players you can watch more. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, wishy washy. I am, but uh, that's a snap. That's a snap. Except for me, to be honest. Um, you know, I mean. Matt Ryan, that would be a, a different question, you know, because they're closer in age. age but, yeah. just, but just knowing that I'm getting a guy five years younger makes me not even question the trade. I might toy with that one a little bit. That and the Michael Thomas one. I like to kind of, once we're talking about some of this, just feel the market out before we put the show out. Right. 
Um, how much do I have to add to Aaron Rodgers to get Russell Wilson? I think it'd be sizable. Yeah. Especially, I, I agree. Especially, you know, after this week. So people are going to weigh Russell Wilson's uh, performance more than they will Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that people multiplied Ro- uh, Russell Wilson's value by 1.5 and they multiplied Rodgers by 1.2. You know what I mean? Um, so Aaron Rodgers in a first. I think that I would keep uh, I would keep Russell Wilson. Same that. with you, Brian? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So I, I think maybe he's not quite the sell high that I thought he was. Maybe he's just an, well, you can an move ease him, of sale. Yeah. Yeah, because like, literally nobody was buying Aaron Rodgers before this. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the issue, right? So now at least you have the opportunity to. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like Bill just kind of like grabbed me before I hit the water. You're welcome. But yeah, I think that I'm gonna I'm gonna try some of these moves and just me too. Just see, I've got some Aaron Rodgers for sure. Um, Bill, who is your public nervous announcement? So, following up with our disdain for Baker Mayfield, um, I'm worried about OBJ. Um, he's ba- just because of Baker, like, yeah. and because of his health, because Baker, his accuracy and He's had this issue at times where he just his passes, especially if they're beyond ten yards, sometimes just go crazy. Like they're just flying everywhere. And you know, everybody thinks he's very, you know, he's very accurate, but he's not, particularly in the intermediate to deep passes. And so I'm worried about OBJ. Add to that that he's kind of getting hurt consistently over the last three, four years. Yeah. So um, you know, I, I think that we could see something where his value just plummets on your team and you're not getting the production that you want out of him, you know, especially mm-hmm. for how he was, um, you know, where your uh, thoughts and visions of him were three years ago, you know? So it's yeah. just, I'm pretty worried about him. Um, you know, th- there's rumors now that he might be, uh, or that Cleveland is looking to move him. Um, so, Maybe something like that happens, but again, we're running into the issue of a, a wide receiver changing teams uh, during the season. It's going to be pretty difficult for him to perform at the level that you know that you want him to. So, so I'm worried about him, and then I'm also worried about uh, Zach Ertz. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Last year, he he was struggling for like the first half of the season, and you know, once everybody got injured, he started getting more targets, and he kind of pulled out a good season again, but it took something like that for him to perform and get the volume needed to, you know, be a wide, a top five wide receiver. Whereas Mm -hmm. Goddard is progressing, you know, granted they play a little bit of a different role, but um, you got Goddard, you got some more wide receivers. They, they added a ton of depth at wide receiver this off season. So Ertz is the other guy I'm getting nervous about. Um, I thought he was a value during the off season, but um, he had, I think seven targets or eight targets this week and caught three of them for like 18 yards. So like, I mean, they're all short passes. So he needs volume to, to score big and he's never going to be a touchdown guy. So, um, he's a guy I'm worried about, you know, long-term, uh, especially with Goddard there. Yeah. I don't hate that one. I almost thought about trying to buy Ertz low, but kind of Mm -hmm. because of all the reasons you just said though, too. Right. I mean, I'm just worried that he's not going to be able to get the volume 
to perform at that the level that based on the price that you'd have to pay you know what i mean mm -hmm. so so that that's my biggest concern and but i mean he's kind of a sure thing in the way that you know you know he's going to get targets but just how good are the or valuable are those targets yeah for sure where are you with that brian my yeah. public nervous announcement um this one, I mean, this one is a little one of those ones where it's kind of close to home in the aspect that it's it's Keenan Allen. I was buying the hell out of Keenan Allen all off season. Everybody kind of kept telling me they were worried about the situation, and I wasn't. I didn't bat an eye at the fact that it was going to be Tyrod Taylor at the beginning of the season. Um, as long as Tyrod Taylor's throwing that ball, I am worried about the whole entire offense from. Austin Eckler to, I mean, you can't really get worried about Mike Williams. He's his own worry in himself, just like injuries. And I'm not even trying to be funny, but if, if Mike's, Mike Williams gives us 10 to 12 points a week at this point, I'm happy. Um, right. But but Keenan Allen, for what I have invested in him and what other people likely did or the ones that hung on to him, I am worried about Keenan Allen as long as Tyrod Taylor's throwing that ball. I cannot wait to get Justin Herbert in there, to be completely honest with you. I'm kind of tilting a little bit by how many teams I had to start Keenan Allen on and got like seven or eight points. And I know it's only week one. I've I've said to you guys many times tonight since we've been talking, like everybody's overreacting about the bad and the good, but I'm nervous about Keenan Allen now. Yeah, I, I buy that. I, 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 made a, I traded for him this offseason in one league. Mm -hmm. and instant regret so like i feel that and um you know it's just it's just such a weird quarterback situation and even with herbert in there i mean i'm not super um super stoked about him you no. know i just i mean i i feel like it's gonna take a while for herbert to become a pro's pro you know what i mean and he's not gonna all of a sudden be this polished quarterback when he pops in there he has the talent no question but he also has legs and so I'm curious as to like how much, you know, he's not going to sit back in the pocket and wait for somebody to get open. He's going to like start running a little bit. And so, so he's either got to make that read and make that throw, which I'm concerned that he's not going to be able to do immediately, at least in his rookie year. You know what I mean? So that's, uh -huh. that's my biggest concern for him is that it's going to like, I think long-term I like him. I have a lot of shares of him, um, but I'm just worried. And, and, you know, by the, with that being the case, you know, that extends right to um, Keenan. So, um, yeah, that that is that's that's something that I can appreciate being a little nervous about him. Yeah. And, man, he's just that wide receiver. I have a wide receiver I feel like I kind of buy low on every offseason because you kind of feel those price drops. And this year, mine were um, Cooper Cup and Keenan Allen. And mm -hmm. kind of, you know, their their value kind of dropped from where it was. They're a little bit on the older side, even Cup, who hasn't been in the league too long. And the buy opportunities were, just seemed right for the way I build my teams. And I feel sure. like it's one that could kick me in the butt. But I don't know. There could still be brighter days ahead. I don't want to overreact. I'm, I'm definitely not, like, trying to sell out of Keenan Allen because I don't think it's a good day to. But I'm I'm definitely a little worried for sure. Right, like the tornado warning sirens going, mm -hmm. but you don't see the uh, tornado. So yeah, it's one of those things where you're alert, you're aware, you're kind of looking around, you're just seeing if you know, seeing if and when it's going to come at your house. Yep. And so so yeah, that's uh, 
that's an interesting one. And but I mean, there that, we could say that for every underperforming you know player this week, and so we got to be careful not to overreact to these things. It's and, Tyrod Taylor yeah. that's driving me crazy, though. Bill. Yeah, I mean, he does not have the arm talent that kind of like you said with Baker and that offense. You know, it, yeah, talented wide receivers going to waste with crappy quarterback play. Yeah, it's uh, it's an issue that a lot of t- you know but it's interesting because it's depending on the type of player or the player it is sometimes they can overcome that but it's just going to be hit or miss a little bit you know it's got to be probably game scripts important probably you know the defensive scheme there's a lot of things that you know whereas like if you have like a dominant wide receiver with a crappy quarterback like a rob or something like that you know yeah. all that doesn't matter quite as much but um but guys who aren't physically dominant or always open, like Keenan, um, you know, it, it might be a struggle a little bit this year. Yeah. Um, do you guys have any other public nervous announcements? Um, the only other one that was Christian Kirk. We had that mm. conversation on the previous mm-hmm. recording, so I am a little nervous about Christian Kirk. Uh, but it's been that's kind of going from last year to this year. Yeah. Like I'm just, it just seems like he's, you know, especially with uh, Hopkins blowing up. Um, you know, it's like he is the obvious, you know, alpha in that in that scheme. And like, I do like Kirk, but I'm a little worried that you know, like, he's always going to be hit or miss. And um, you know, so I don't necessarily know I'm going to be holding on my roster for you know this whole season. Yeah. Yep. I'm with you. Um, what about you, Brian? No, I don't. I mean, I don't think there's anyone else that really stands out. Um, I mean, of course, there's a few guys that are. You know, it's you're, you're a little concerned after week one, but not not anything you know coming into week two um, that that makes me, you know, I mean, other than the guys that I mentioned, I don't think there's 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 anybody else that I had kind of on my mind with that. Yeah. All right. It is that time for some studs versus duds. The way this game will be played. And and I wanted to ask you guys a couple things. Do you feel like that 50% threshold is fair or is it going to be hard to achieve throughout the season? Like are should it just be like the percentages to the percentages? Should there be a rule that you have to be under the 50% mark? And I'm I'm not changing my guy or anything, but I was just kind of looking at it and throughout the year when people are picked up off waivers and stuff, I wonder what happens with this ownership and is that a good threshold for this game? It's fine with me. I mean, I, I think, you know, the other way that you could do it is you could split it based on number of starters. Mm-hmm. So if there's 32, if you know, 32 teams, so the top 16 versus the bottom mm-hmm. 16. Yeah, that's not a bad way to do it either, though. Then, I mean, then you do get a 50-50 split no matter what ownership is. Right. I kind of like that. That's not a bad idea. And you could still do you could still do the points based on the yep. difference between the percentages. Sure. So to anybody that doesn't remember from last year, studs versus studs, we're gonna pin some of the lesser owned quarterbacks up against some of the studs, the upper, as Brian just mentioned, like top half of it. But we're using ownership today. So we're putting they have to be fifty percent owned or more to be our stud. And we're going to pin them against the duds that are below that mark, obviously. And then we get points. If our quarterback outscores that quarterback, we get the... So if if my dud outscores my stud by four points, I get that four points. But then I also get the percentage difference. So if my 
dud is owned in 40% and my stud is 100, that's 60 points. If my dud does not beat the stud, I get zero points. Zip, zero, zilch. Bill, who Yo. are your studs and duds? So, did I need to do two? Nope. Okay, so my stud is going to be... Uh, well, I was going to go Baker, but that just seems too easy. Plus, um, we just trashed him. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm going to go Joe Burrow, uh, who's 75% owned, is going to get outscored by Tyrod Taylor, who is Whoa. 8% owned. 8%. That's what I think I, I read. I like it. I, li- I, I need my bifocals. Um, man, I'm having so much trouble reading some of these. Yes, honestly. 8%. Um. I like that one. Thanks. I mean, just they're the, going. Tyrod's going up against Kansas City, you know, and it, you know that oftentimes their games kind of become a little um, high scoring. <laughs> the the percentage difference too is so high that I mean you can't go wrong. It's throwing it all in there. Yeah, I'm a risk taker. I, I like the balls on it. Thank you, man. Joe. Yeah, Burrow. Burrow's against Cleveland. You know, Cleveland's got two running backs that you know could potentially. Uh, speed the game up you know what i mean just because there's gonna be a lot less plays to run, be run because they're probably gonna be running the ball a ton so it just gives burrow less opportunity to score points as well yeah i like it man i don't like tyrod but i mean i like the <laughs> the balls on this play yeah thanks i hope he throws it to keenan allen right <laughs> <laughs> i heard that oh. brian what about you yeah, so I'm I'm going bigger going home this week too. Um, I am going to have my man Carson Wentz, yeah, who is rostered in ninety three percent of leagues, being outscored by the one, the only Mitchell Trubisky, Ooh. who is only rostered in four percent of leagues. Um, so we got we got Wentz against the the L A Rams um, in Philly. And I think that defense is is pretty good. I mean, you watch that game against Dallas with all of their weapons um, and and kind of the way that they, um, you know, contain Dak and that offense. Um, I mean, Zeke went a little nuts, I guess, but um, but overall, you know, Aaron any any defense with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey is a is a hell of a defense. So. Um, I'm going to go with, and also Carson Wentz, you know, struggled last week against Washington football team. Um, so, uh, and then, and then you have Mitch Trubisky who didn't look awful, which is saying something in the fourth quarter. He didn't in the, look uh, fair awful. enough, right. fair enough in the fourth quarter, they're playing New York, the New York giants Learned that from watching Matt Stafford, those fourth round, fourth, uh, <laughs> quarter comebacks. There you go. Yeah, um, but but Trubisky's playing the Giants. I think the Giants' secondary uh, is not anything to write home about whatsoever. Um, I do think that the Giants' front seven will get to Trubisky a little bit, but I'm hoping that his mobility will allow him to maybe pick up some rushing yards because he's flushed out of the pocket um, and then maybe make a big play or two down the field because of that uh, as well. Uh, so I'm going to go with Trubisky outscoring Carson Wentz this week. Mm-hmm. I like that one too. Yeah. Um, and, and I like that we won't have any of the same players in this game this week. I didn't go quite as bold as you guys, though, but I'm going with 
My my stud is Brady against Carolina, and my dud is Gardner against Tennessee, which I know is another good defense. He just played the Colts, as you mentioned, Har, and uh, I'm just going to ride this Minshew wave and hope he keeps going. And, yeah, I'm, I'm taking Gardner against Brady. So Brady is 97% owned, and Gardner Minshew is 26% owned. Nice. I, I like it too. Yep. Um, I kind of, I, I don't know. I wanted to go with Gardner for week one, sort of no matter what. I wish he had a better matchup, but riding it out. We'll see how this goes, and uh, <laughs> if we need to fine-tune it as the season goes, we can. Uh, let's do a trade. You guys want to do a trade really quick? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. All these trades are super flex. We actually only have two. We can probably kind of fly through them. This is from at Teddy Bark Bark. Jonus, and this is also tight end premium. So this one I feel like is going to be super easy for Bill. It's Jonus Smith or Christian Kirk. Yeah, I think I'm still going Christian Kirk here. <laughs> okay. As much as I talk like talk about the uneasiness, like mm-hmm. I still like think Jonus Smith is going to be like the number three option um, in a less than stellar passing attack, and you know they're a run first at least. Whereas Kirk's going to be maybe the second or third option in an offense that's going to be probably running more plays per game. So I kind of I think I'm still going Kirk there. Okay. So Ryan? I'm going to take yeah I'm going to take the other side on this uh, in tight end premium. I'm going to go with John New. Uh, I think he's primed for a big big season um, as long as he stays healthy. Um, I uh, I mean last night it was the Michael Pruitt show. Uh, and I don't think that happens moving forward here. So um, I, I think that, that John is going to be very involved in that offense, and especially in the red zone, um, at least in the passing red zone. I mean, obviously, Derrick Henry is very involved in the red zone for Tennessee, but I do think John is going to get quite a few opportunities um, down there to score. So mm-hmm. um, I would lean slightly towards John New. And, and for me, with, with the cards, I mean, I'm just not convinced yet. In in the offense, I mean Nuke. I'm I'm I mean I'm convinced with Nuke. I'm starting to be more convinced with Kyler, um, but I don't know that you know K- Christian Kirk didn't do a ton last year when Nuke wasn't there. So you know, and I know he dealt with some injuries and different things, but I just I'm I'm just I'm Christian Kirk is one of those players that like depending on what point in the evening you're asking me like we've done the show now and uh-huh. if you would ask me earlier in the show I, I might have felt differently about him uh and now i i feel differently than than i did then and probably 20 minutes from now i'll feel differently about him again like i just can't i can't put my finger on how i value christian kirk at this time and mm-hmm. because of that in a tight end premium i'm gonna lean john yeah so i'm gonna take the smith side as well and in a vacuum, I'm taking the Smith side, but I do want to add that if you're super deep at tight end and you feel like you need a wide receiver, even that fourth or fifth wide receiver maybe you, makes you feel more comfortable than having a third or fourth tight end if that's how you built this team and you've been sitting on Smith a while. I think this is a fine trade either way. You know, if it's taking care of a, your team's needs, I don't hate this trade, but in a vacuum, I am going to lean the Smith side. So um the next trade at jmc millen 54 and this is miles sanders or odo beckham jr and the 2021 first start with brian on this one uh boy 
So I would probably lean Miles Sanders here, um, but I think it's really, really good value-wise. I mean, I think it's right on um, value-wise. Might even the value might even lie on the OBJ side, especially if he rebounds. Um, but but I'm gonna go Sanders just because I'm I'm a believer, and I think you know uh, I think that offense is a different offense when he's out there versus when Boston Scott is out there. No offense to Boston Scott, but or or Corey Clement or whoever's in there. I mean, I think this this week showed you how valuable that yeah. Miles Sanders is, in my opinion. Yeah, Bill, you the same there? Yeah, yeah, I'm very much the same way. I mean, we you know I, OBJ was one of my nervous guys along with Kirk, so these two trades were fantastic for me. But I'm gonna go the opposite of my previous trade, and I am definitely taking Miles Sanders here. I just like. OBJ is like one of those kind of high-priced assets that I feel like by the end of the season, his value could be a third of what it is right now. Like I just, it just scares me. Like I don't like holding the bag on these old, like he's not old, but he's like an older player that, you know, is struggling to perform for more than a season. Like how long is name recognition going to be keeping his value up? And so I'd rather take the young running back who's shown um, that you know he's going to be in that situation for at least the next two, three years, and, um, you know, you kind of just reload. And, I mean, you're not really going to – odds of you getting a player like Sanders uh, with that first-round pick are pretty low. So, yeah, Sanders for me. um, And I might even throw something else in to make that trade. Ooh, even throwing more at it just to get it done. Yeah, Uh, just like another player, you know, with the heck, like – yeah, I, I hear you. I'm on the Miles Sanders as well. The thing I like in the other side of the trade the most is that first, mm-hmm. and a lot of just because of what we said about Odell Beckham Jr. earlier. And the first is still, I mean, that that's a crapshoot. We could be anywhere from 1 to 12 at this point, and if you make their team better with Miles Sanders, your chances are that that pick's probably going to be towards the second half. So now my my most appealing piece just got worse. So, yeah, I'm going to take the Miles Sanders side as well. Um, I'm going to throw one more at you. I just got asked this. This is a redraft actual trade that he sent out, and he wants to know if he should cancel it. The offer is, and this is redraft, um, we talked about him a lot today, James Robinson or Le'Veon Bell. Um, What I said to him really quickly was, was at first I kind of wanted to say Robinson because of a lot of the things we've talked about today um, with Bell, with Adam Gase, the injury concerns and but then i kind of think about it and he just got james robinson for free so if you can kind of add bell now and stash him it's probably not a bad stash but who do you feel better about down the road like um james robinson or Le'Veon bell for 2020 i think i think i honestly feel better about james robinson um you know bell i mean bell's already on ir um so he's out what at least three games Mm-hmm. Yep. And, at least. you know, at, at least. Right. And and then, you know, when he comes back, I mean, I'm I'm not confident that Adam Gase is going to use him in the way that he should be used. Um, if Adam Gase is even still there and if he isn't, who do they bring in and how does how does that coach use Lev? You know, so James Robinson, I think, is going to be fantasy relevant most of this season, all of this season. Yep. Uh, bar, barring injury. So. You know, and beyond this season, I mean, if, if we're talking about this at this time next year, you're talking about a 29-year-old Lev Bell who hasn't put up statistical numbers in, like, 
three full NFL seasons now. So, um, you know, I, 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 I mean, obviously it hurts to do if you, if you roster bell, you know, you're, you're thinking this is a guy that was literally like the best running back in the league when he's with Pittsburgh and, you know, you, you probably, you know, you may have invested a lot in him if he's still been on your roster that whole time, or maybe you didn't invest quite as much mm-hmm. in him, but you, you're hoping when you invest in him that you're going to get some, yeah. you know, little sliver of that Le'Veon Bell. And we haven't had that uh, in New York yet. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I think, I mean, I think I would lean Robinson, even though it's kind of like, gross to think about it, it, it does that seem way. and that's what he said too like he was instantly kind of like i drafted him in the third round um because i actually was wrong he's the bell owner and he's getting robinson so yeah. but that is what he said back so it kind of changed my view too because in that situation you need a running back you're not trading one that you got for free off waivers you lost your running back so he's right. like well it hurts a lot because i got him in the third round and I said, well, try to get a small extra piece back with James Robinson. You can. I go, but drafting somebody in the third round doesn't hurt as bad as losing. <laughs> Ultimately, right. you know, like there's there's a, a still a winning opportunity with the running back that is starting. Um, Bill, are you are you kind of the same on that, or? You know, my first reaction was like bell you know because my my brain is completely dynasty and yeah, i understand yeah. like so taking a step back and kind of thinking redraft i mean the last thing i want to do is end up with aj green from last year right like so i don't want a guy that i'm holding on my roster thinking he's gonna play in three weeks and and that's kind of what happened with aj green people kept aj green on the redraft roster all season long thinking he was gonna play and so the last thing I want to do is is have a player like that on my roster. So I, I think I'm taking Robinson there um, just for that reason. Washed it. Yeah. I, I, I think I'm with you guys. It, it is gross. I mean, it's... Like, <laughs> I think it's a little safer. It is. I it, mean, it might even be the better dynasty move. Even if... I mean, because Bell's yeah. getting up there in age, you might still have opportunities throughout the season to move on from Robinson for... A, a future piece of some sort that's not Le'Veon Bell. God, that's crazy to even think that way. Yeah, I'm crazy, Bill. You are crazy. I like you, man. <laughs> but I like you. <laughs> I like is, you, man. Th- this but has you're been a crazy. lot of fun. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. So he is Bill McCarthy at Super Duper Flex, Brian Hart at Brian Hart FF. This is a super flexible podcast. These guys are your new co hosts. Yep, yep. You'll still hear some two drink at some point. I hope so. He's out there like, you guys forgot about me already? Nah, I've been thinking about him this whole show, man. Two drink, honestly, the first intro was way better. And you would have laughed. <laughs> the second one was like, meh. And you're like, man, that, that was kind of just a quick departure. The first one, yeah, was, we just didn't the have first the one was way better. But man, you know how I get it. I mean, I, I hate that. I'm kind of more into the improv. It was... After the rehearsal show, it was tough. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I should throw another trade at you guys. Do it. <laughs> got 40 I got seconds. one. I'll, 40 I'll seconds. Throw at you. I'll throw at you guys. What do you got? So is Joe Mixon and Keenan Allen enough to be in the conversation for Christian McCaffrey? 
Yeah. Not for me. I think it's a conversation, though. I think it's a... I don't feel like it's offensive. I feel like you're starting no, a conversation. But, but yeah, McCaffrey's... I'd stud. snap reject. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's a, it's a good trade to send out and see how it goes and then you can always add some pieces or see if they're even a little interested and send something back mm. Mick, Mixon or Taylor? Taylor mm, man I'm going to take Mixon because I know I would have a week ago and I'm trying to like be patient but I love Jonathan Taylor too so that's a tough one man the answer is the same a week ago also okay <laughs> for me yeah 